0: Hey, this is Ryan with the Leafs cast wants to let you know that we have a YouTube channel now. If you wanted to check us out on YouTube, leave us a like and a subscribe and for now, enjoy the pod. Play at the, net. Yeah, I, yeah, the... yeah. Yeah. The whistle, the whistle is, gone. is gone. Now the Leafs steal the puck. It'll go murder. Oh, and he sent it wide. Oh my, what a chance. Leafs trying to get it in front of the net again. Murder. He scores. It's murder. 19 straight
1: games and an emphatic one here with a shorthanded goal. Mitch Marner, 19 points on a shorty. Putting
0: an exclamation mark on that one. Holy, he knows how to do it.
2: Joe Bowen was so disappointed. He was all getting all set for like his like the call to break the record. He's like, and he didn't make it. <laughs>
1: Well, no, he, I mean, there was probably many times, even in the game before where Bowen thought it was over. Listen, not the best Bowen call we've ever had, but this will be the best podcast we've ever had. And I had to make a fresh one because Mitch Marner did it and congrats to him. Uh, Welcome back to the Leafs cast. Steven Douglas joined by Tim and Ryan Allison and Mitch Marner. He might as well be here because we're just going to talk about him for the whole pod this evening.
2: <laughs> um, i mean we like talking about things when things are going well i mean this is i mean to be fair this is the most chipper the podcast have been to start a podcast in which we are came, coming off an overtime loss <laughs> it's what happens when recording a day later overtime losses don't hit as hard when you know what the
0: outcome will be before they drop the puck so now it's just kind of status quo you know you go into it knowing how you're gonna feel and, you know it, it doesn't hurt so much anymore you think oh, that man. you could attribute the same thing to when Game 7 happens, but we're not there yet.
1: It's getting a little comical at this point. Okay, listen, we're back. Uh, it's a galley this week. For those who've been longtime pod listeners, a galley is a Gallagher for Brendan Gallagher, which means it's going to be a short pod this week. <laughs> because really the main thing to talk about is Mitch Marner and his point streak. But we got a couple of games. Uh, we've got some more um, uh, cap-friendly uh, GM mock GM trades to talk about that Tim's gonna pull up. Emphasis on the week. mocking, <laughs> and we have an undisputed top three list given by yours truly. Well, which is a secret all of, to all that. of us. Everyone on the podcast is or everyone listening is like, Oh, great, Steven's gonna talk some more. Yeah, please, <laughs> like that's that, great, so. that's absolutely great. All right, let's start let's start with the most important game of the week. Last last night. So the Maple Leafs come out in I don't know, one of the most fun games of the season. Is this the first time we've played the Lightning all season? Yep. Since I think so. since being bumped by them first time. Yep. And uh which is crazy, right, that they're in our division we haven't seen them till December. Mm-hmm. And it's a 4 to 3 overtime loss. Yes. Um but a just like a really hard fought game on both sides, right? Like both teams just, I don't know, bringing their A game.
0: Well, it really good. it felt like we were back in that playoff series. Like it felt like the same atmosphere, like it was the same teams, the same back and forth, and just grit and determination to win. Like it it was great. I it was a great game. I mean, everything up up until the extra frame, you you just loved it. But I don't know. I mean, it's uh
1: I mean it's the referees it's tough. were
0: annoying. The referees were, were definitely annoying. You, yeah. You just wish that, like, the script was different. It ended up being the same thing that we saw in, in the playoffs. They didn't get it done. You know, it, it brings me back to what you were saying, Tim, of of big players showing up. And, I mean, they did during the game. You know, we came back and tied it up in that third period. Still not in overtime, but it was a fun game. It, it, it shows you that it's still the Leafs. They could still show up for the Tampa Bay
2: Lightning. I mean, like in, in overtime, it's even less about the Tampa Bay players sh- stepping up and more about us just face planting. Like it was, it's just like it's so painful to watch. But let's focus on like the first three periods where like it was exciting, like back and forth. And like we were hanging right in there and like lots of lots of positive
1: takeaway. Well, in a handful of big, big goals in this game scored by the Maple Leafs, um it- W- compared to, right, like, oh, I, I guess what I'm saying, right, you've got Mitch Marner with two goals, like, and it really was the Mitch Marner show almost all night, but we'll get into that, like, the top line, the big-name guys really coming to play, compared to the Lightning, where you've got the fourth line really tearing us up, you know, Ross Colton with a goal, Alex Kalorn with a goal, and then, yeah, you get a beauty from Kucherov, but it's like, you know, so I, I guess for from that, like, that's what made it feel like, oh, yeah, this is exactly, like, the playoff series again, we're just like the depth on this team, just kind of kicking the crap out of our depth. And it was in our end the whole time. Um, and really those first like couple of periods too, I I felt like the Leafs were going to lose just because we were going to get goal lead. Like Vasilevsky was so on point, not to say that like Matt Murray wasn't, but Vasilevsky was like, it didn't seem like something they were going to crack and they did just like wasn't enough. So I, I do agree with
0: you that I noticed the biggest difference on the, the lower end of the lineup. Like, like you said, Mitch Marner was just buzzing and Tavares like that, that end end rush he had where he basically scored. And then the goal was called off. Like that was awesome. But it's been a few games now that I haven't really noticed the bottom half of our lineup. Like even like Austin Reese, I can't really tell you the last thing that he did was like, man, I like that game from Zach Austin Reese. And, Hasn't
1: been in a while and yeah, I mean, he he scored against uh, Pittsburgh last week. If if they get
0: a goal, like goals are pretty random here and there, but to have a a game where you notice them, where that guy was on, he was driving play. He was making a difference. I haven't noticed that from our fourth line in quite a little while now. I feel like it's been the Marner show, which has been bringing us on this hot streak of winning games. Plus Matt Murray playing pretty well. I, I think that our fourth line is kind of tailed off here. And I, I'm i starting to wonder if like maybe for the first half of the season, the fourth line was overperforming. And this more matches up to what you would expect them to be on paper for guys like Austin Reese and camp and such.
1: Overperforming. My goodness. I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I will say it does feel like though the depth on Tampa is maybe better than any other depth we've seen this whole season. It's so like maybe that's just something that they – I don't know. They really, really, really do well. And I also literally would not be shocked if it's just like, because the lightning have not been the lightning this year. Like they have past years that like, they just got up for this game against the Leafs on Saturday. You got Corey Perry, you know, out there like playing, you know, dirty and doing all the stuff that they do. And I don't know. I'm still like happy with the Leafs, even though they take the L, the overtime loss, which um, I don't know. I mean, it happened got a again. Point. I remember, you got a point. You remember the the other time? I was like, "All right, you know, games game. The regulations done. Go put Peyton up to bed. Come back down. And get excited for overtime. Like whatever. It was basically the exact same thing. I go put her up. Come back down. And it's like six seconds, and it's over. Um, but the only difference is that, like, at least there was a man in between the shooter and Matt Murray this time, so it wasn't just like a total odd man rush. It's still frustrating because I thought that Matt Murray probably could have saved that shot um and if you're gonna win overtimes you're probably gonna to have to at least make one of those saves but i don't know well
0: you you hope that he does right like that's the kind of you know tim when you said it you know you said it this pod but when you're alluding to like you know your overtime that's when your big players step up and perform that goes to the goalie too and if matt murray can't make that save now we're talking about one one game here he's been pretty great outside of that but if you can't count on him to make that save when it really counts when the other team is really pushing and the game's on the line. Well, in the past, that's what's stood between us and making it out of the first round. And so, if this is that version of Matt Murray that we're getting here,
2: I don't know. Oh, I Looks like, maybe. I mean, the Leafs—the way they're designed—it goes to say, like, how many goaltenders can make that save in the league? Is there only like five goaltenders in the whole league that can make that save, like that? that super clutch save when you really need it. And so it's like, can you win with a goalie? It's not like that. You think the answer is yes. Like goalies can get, obviously get hot at the right times. And there's maybe only five goalies that can do it consistently. One, or consistently, one of which was in the net Saturday night against us. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's like, Oh, are we debate, uh, pinning all of our hopes on a hot goalie at the playoffs?
1: Probably doesn't make me feel that confident though here's a question uh this is for the room this is a a a prop bet if you will uh do the maple leafs win a game in overtime before the end of the year the year 2022 we've got uh what one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven games (laughs) left in 2022 uh at least one or two of those have got to go to overtime because we continue to be in these one goal games
0: this is an easy question we play the dallas stars on tuesday robertson's gonna score the overtime winner it's what he does in dallas which robertson Robertson? (laughs) which
2: robertson i said what i need to say it's done (laughs) okay tim so (laughs) we played 26 games six of them we've lost in overtime more than any other team
1: Wow! Really? Yep. No, no other that, team has that, that team. many loser
2: points. Oh, we are that goodness.
1: team. Uh,
2: I think by the end of the year, that number is up to eight.
1: But do we? But do we win one before the end of twenty twenty two?
2: No, we don't. I think I think we I, get two more attempts at it, and
1: we lose them both. Oh boy! I'm gonna side with my brother Tim Allison. One of the, one
2: of them, we either. last like a saw like three and eight, three to four minutes in, and then we crush our. Oh, they, maybe it does. It, it feels
0: like every year there's, like, a thing. A thing that you can kind of point to. They say, like, <laughs> yeah. this has been going on all season and we are going to lose in the playoffs because of this. You know, like, sometimes it's just, like, the goaltending sucks or sometimes it's our defense is just, like, atrocious. You know, that's like the Tyson-Berry-Cody-CC year. Or, like, sometimes the power play just can't do anything for its entire... If its life depended on it. This year, it's just, like... We're gonna play a great game, we're gonna make it to overtime, and then it's just done. And it's just so predictable that this is going to be the thing this year. Now, luckily, you know, maybe you could win the game before it gets to overtime, they don't have to worry about that. But it's it just has that eerie feeling to me. I don't know.
1: The uh the here's a stat for you. The Leafs last night um let in more goals in a five on three situation than a three on three situation. Wait. No, they let in more goals in a three-on-three three than a five-on-three. No, there we go. That's what it was. Listen, I, I I just ripped that out of my brain. I didn't think about that ahead of time. <laughs> Can we talk about why the Maple Leafs got into this situation? Like, wh- why they even really made it to overtime? Why they won the first two games this week? And it is a young man from Markham, Ontario, who is has now uh, written his name in blood in the Maple Leafs record books. Mitch Marner with a 19 game point streak where it really honestly felt like we weren't even watching Maple Leafs hockey this week we were just watching the Mitch Marner point streak Am you I could, wrong You
2: could tell like that like I mean one the media was like we're talking about it all the time it was like Mitch Marner watch um but at the same time Mitch of all the players on the Leafs this week you didn't have to look for Mitch Marner you instantly knew whenever he was on the ice just cuz like if it was in the defensive end, it's only a matter of time before it's like a scoring chance going the other way. He was just, he's been so impressive. This has been $11 million man, Mitch Marner, what we've seen.
0: I've been kind of yeah, thinking I, about it all the same though. And like, I wonder if this whole thing is a little blown out of proportion is what he's doing right now. Any better than what we saw him do last year? Cause like, I don't really think it is And all the same. I think, you know, they said on the broadcast seven or eight times. What is he like only gone one or two games or something this season without getting a point. And even in this like crazy point streak, there are other players who have more points than him over the same number of games. They just get like three points and then zero points and then four points and then zero points, whatever. But like, is this kind of thing just one of those, it's fun for the stats and it's fun for the fans, but really it's just like, this is what Mitch Marner does. And it's not like the greatest thing ever. Like we've seen him do this before. It's just, he took like one game off in between. I don't know. Am am I wrong?
1: No, I, I think where it's gotten fun though, and where it's obviously helped the Leafs, is like what Tim said before he he looks different right now than he has in 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 the past like i can't think of a time where bitemarder's been playing better than he has right now maybe it is because all our eyes are on him all the time maybe he's just always this good but i swear this guy he's he's just on an absolute heater on a totally different level and he's a guy maybe more than other players on the maple leafs that is affected by his own confidence um, and
2: I can't be caught. Con- oh no. He's too confident in, th- in three on three is the issue. Three well, but
1: yes, cool. but, but, but he, he, uh, he kind of wears his heart on his sleeve. Right. And you, you can really tell when things aren't going well for him, like on his face and you see it on the ice when things are going well for him. And it doesn't feel like he's going to slow down at all. I certainly hope he doesn't. He's got six goals in five games and I hope that he's learned a lot about himself the, the past 19 games or so, or, or really it feels like the last like seven where it's just been in a, under the microscope, you know, other teams are looking out for him and he's, he's playing a different way and it's resulting in obviously better performances for him, but wins for the Maple Leafs. I wonder Spored how two goals last night.
2: I wonder how much of it is him being separated from Austin Matthews. Like he even as good as miss partner is, he was always be like the number two to Austin Matthews on that line on the JT line, he's the number one guy. Like he's the one that, I mean, everything kind of went through him before, but he's just that much more central to that line. So that makes, I haven't been paying attention to quality of competition statistics. I know the, the the thinking was like Austin Matthews still gets the hardest matchup. So I wonder like, is, uh, is Mitch Marner feasting on second line talent? But, but I, I, I
0: just did the math to me, be proud of me. Even oh, with this crazy streak that he's going on, I know he had a bit of a cold start. But he's even at if, if he continued the pace that he went at the season, he'd be at ninety-seven points at the end of the regular season. And that's like not even a hundred-point player. I say not even a hundred-point player. Hundred points is very impressive, but it's not <laughs> like like he's not Connor McDavid or Leon Dryshtitel or even Jason Robertson out there. Like he he's not. He's not like the heart Trophy winner that Austin Matthews was last year. I think that what he's doing right now is the exact same thing that he was doing last year. It's just the fact that it's been 20 games in a row with at least one point, it, which, you know, some of those might be like some lucky secondary assists or something that, I don't know. i Warner doesn't I, get that. I think, he's, I think he's good. I think this is exactly what we expect to see out of Mitch Marner. This is what he should be doing it's right time that Matthew starts doing what he should be doing as well. Then we could start being the juggernaut and challenging the Boston Bruins for the president's trophy.
2: I, 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 do you guys know who's leading the Toronto Maple Leafs in goals right now?
1: Uh, John Tavares is not not William Nylander.
2: It is William Nylander. He's at 14. Tavares is tied for second with Matthews at 12. William Nylander on pace for 45 goals this year is the top goal scorer on the Maple Leafs.
1: Wow. That'd be a career high for him. 40 would even be a career high, I think. Uh I just
2: did some more math. Austin
0: Matthews is set to be on pace for 37 goals. Yikes. That's half
2: of what he got last year. Yeah, he's
1: got to pick it up. Well, it does though. It, oh, it, it, Willie's it, getting all the goals.
2: Marner would pass it, it back to Martin. Uh, uh, Martin would pass it back to Matthews. Willie's just taking it and shooting it.
1: The, the uh, oh, idea, though, of splitting them up like it, it, he's Marner's a full on it's it's like the old days with Kadri, right? He's a full on line driver by himself on that line. I've I really think a lot about this confidence, guys. Like, I think Mitch can dance around absolutely anybody on the ice. And you see you talk about Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid scores like 98 percent of his goals within, you know, three feet of the net. Right. Or, you know, whatever, five feet of the net, something like that. Um. Mitch Marner can get to that spot if he's got the confidence, right? Connor McDavid's and everybody's behind him, right? There's a little, like it's a different, a different skill set. Mitch Marner could just get around those guys and get to that area and shoot the puck. I bet you he's shooting more than he ever has before. So resulting holding in these pucks going into the net. I'm just, I mean, I'm happy not, it, for our It's boy. not like Marner's
0: goal total is astronomically high. Like it, it's the assistant.
1: So seven, last like, year I think was his career high. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just saying, like, it kind of felt like the point streak snuck up on a lot of us because you are right. Like, there's other guys in the Leafs that have more points in this period of time, but like, the microscope's been on him, similar to like a playoff kind of environment. The microscope's on him. You need to, you know, perform tonight or else uh, Leaf's lunch is going to be roasting you tomorrow, the worst punishment you can ever have. <laughs> and he's delivering. There's something to it, Ryan Allison. There's something to it. No, they're definitely, um, you know what?
0: When you get to games and. December here, like that, it's not necessarily like it's hard to wake up for him, but when you have something like this, like something that the team is rallying behind, you could tell that the team like wanted him to get out. Like they were looking for him out there every chance they got to get on that puck. And and, like, you don't think that that motivates the bench or like that they love, you know, shaking the champagne or whatever they do in the locker room when Martyr walks in. Like they, they love that stuff. So like it, it absolutely means something. I guess I'm just saying that I, it's not, we don't have the, another heart trophy nominee on our hands and Mitch Marner overkill. Like he has a long way to go before he gets to that status. Even what Matthews was last year, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. And if he keeps this up for the rest of the season, then we're, we're in real good shape.
2: Yeah. I mean, like I, 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 I was going to say, you do kind of like to see it, like seeing the bench. I think the San Jose game where he tied the record, where he got the empty netter with like a minute left. I think you could tell like, they were pumped for him. Like you can tell he's a well, like everyone loves Mitch Marner there. Like he's the, he's the heart of the team. Yep. And like they, they were as, as happy for as happy for that goal going in as anyone.
1: Um, I had to laugh a little bit at Wayne Simmons in the box for the celebration and they panned to him. He's, you know, I mean like Wayne Simmons, a well-liked guy on the team as well. And he's pumped for Mitch and he wants to be with the boys, but he's sitting <laughs> there in the sin bin, like a, drug, a crime he did not commit or whatever. I don't even know what he was in the box for, but that was like, I thought that was funny that they, and then the fact they panned to him, give me a break.
2: Yeah. Like penalty box attendant at this bump. Celebrate. With oh me.
1: man. So I don't know, man, I'm pumped. Okay. Well, let, let, let cool. me ask
0: you guys this question here. Mitch Marner obviously is doing incredibly well right now, and he is. Uh,
2: if you talk about his contract, Ryan, since he started, not, no, yet. I'm not
0: I'm not okay. you. Give me a break. Since he uh, <laughs> since he started on this run, he's been you know performing excellently. Tavares is performing about the same since he was with Marner as before he was with Neil. Matthews is still and not not a slump, but like significantly less than what you know he could be from last year. At this point, would you can keep the lines exactly the way they are? Or do you put Matt Marner now that he is a juggernaut out there back with Matthews to try and get Matthews up to his full potential? What do you do?
2: I leave the All lines over. as is. No change, eh? 80 goals, no Tim, you're abandoning it. Yeah, I think 80 goals is the, that ship has sailed. We're a quarter way into the season. Um, I, yeah, I think like at this point, I do think Mitch Marner can have chemistry literally with anyone. Um, so I th- I think it's less about like, I think Matthews reached the ceiling that he did last season because he was playing with Marner. Um, and not to say like, it's hard to judge the whole team, whether like the team would be better for, for him reaching those heights. Because like, I do think Marner is somewhat limited in what, how much he can do when Everyone knows he's going to pass it to Matthews. Like, obviously, like everyone knows he's going to pass to Matthews, and he gets the passer anyways, and the the puck goes in. But uh, seeing what they've been able to do the past little while, and like seeing the success, I think they've that they've had. Obviously, we didn't beat Tampa, but like I would say, overall, that game can still be considered a success, um, other than the overtime. Um, I would say like not not until like if the Leafs go start going on a little bit of a slump, or if Matthews actually starts slumping like i i i meant to pull up the stats before this but uh it, i'm not sure if his his line is still winning his minutes as far as like shots and expected goals and and, and such like i know mark it's not matthews putting the puck in the net necessarily like nylanders well but um i think i'd say overall the leafs as a team like don't worry about the individual success as much look at the team success
1: it's tough. It's that's a tough question, I, Ryan. I remember last week uh, on the pod, you mentioned how like you were so certain that um, all of this, you know, Marner with with JT is is a facade, or it's like by the time playoffs come around, he's going to be back with Austin Matthews. And I I disagreed at the time because um, I feel like Keith's going to stick with what he thinks works the best, and like right now, Marner with the various teams winning games, I think they have points in like their last. Gosh, what is it? Like 17 games? They have at least one point in their last 17 games or something like that, which is insane. Um, But Austin Matthews just needs to be so much better than he is right now. I watch I watch the Oilers all the time this season. I don't know what it is, my life schedule. I'm watching Connor McDavid. And uh, we need our version of that. We need Austin Matthews to be at that level and I get it that Willie's having a career year and a lot of that's probably cause you know, he's maybe or it, it could be at least cause he's playing with Austin Matthews, the big gun, but, um, um, yeah, we just, I, 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 I think you have to put them back together soon. It doesn't have to be like right now. If the t- the team is on a heater, I think you stick with it, but like the chemistry between Nylander and Matthews just isn't, I don't know. It's not, it's not what it certainly isn't what it was with Marner, but like you just, you don't see those plays where like Willie really sets up, you know, Austin Matthews for like an awesome opportunity and, um, bunting is not necessarily a huge help. So it is an issue.
0: I wonder like Tim, you, you referenced like maybe if Matthews or the Leafs go on a little bit of a slump, that's when you switch it up. I I was thinking about this before I posed the question. I feel like that's kind of what we always like he kind of maybe that's just what all teams do because that's what makes sense you wait for it to stop working and then you work on fixing the problem but I'm starting to wonder what if like is there anything to you know it's working right now you know that Matthews and Nylander feel great together and they're going out and doing the thing that Marner and Tavares feel great together they're doing the thing instead of waiting for it to stop working stop it now keep that in your back pocket that the boys feel confident with those pairings switch it up now and get Matthews going so that if you have to switch back to it later, it's not like you're not going back to Marner Tavares And the last feeling that they have together was a feeling of something wasn't working. So we had to switch it up, but rather man, the last time I was with Tavares was when I got my 19 games or 22 games in a row or whatever he ends up getting, but like this yeah. great moment and, and maybe that would be a better, a higher chance of success. If you ever have to go back to that again.
2: No, nah, I disagree. Like you're tr- you making it sound like Marner's never been with Matthews before. Like, oh, you yeah, have put them together to see if they can be good. Like, we know we're like, talking we about Marner that- and
0: Tavares and Marner and Matthews.
2: I know, that. but like, we know Marner and Tavares are good. We know Marner and Matthews is good. So, like, why would you change what with like what's working now? Like, you're you have to take into account like the the momentum factor of like when the the players are clicking and they're so used to the style of play. It's it matters it's not something it's something that they can maybe change on a dime to some extent but like Marner is dialed in right now like to like could you imagine if Keith put the lines through a blender and that ruined Marner's streak at this point I think it's hardly putting the lines through a
0: blender to say but Matthews with he, Marner and Tavares with Nylander but
1: you're changing he put, sorry he put ahead. Matthews and Marner together in that San Jose game when it was looking like Mitch's streak was going to end, they were playing a lot of that third period together, maybe all of it. Um, so it's almost like everybody knows that, like that's where it's going to go, right? Like because yeah. keep put them together again. He's like, "Oh, you need a point, you know, go with go with the big gun." But like I, like, I gotta get the clip from the uh, Iron Man to the big gun clip. I, I right? also like,
0: remember back part. when Matt Marner coffee, was playing right? with Tavares after that, his, you know, first season Tavares. We got forty equals. They're great. The next season, Uh it wasn't working out so well. And obviously, that's the season where Babcock gets fired. And then the first thing Keefe does is he puts Marner with Matthews. And, you know, it's going great. But then later on, when we try and put Marner back with Tavares, it, like, took them a long time to figure out how to play together again. And I'm not saying that the reason why is because the last, like, they spent so long that first half of that, that Babcock season not playing well together. And that's the the mojo they're coming back to but it probably has something to do with it I don't know I I think that we often will wait for it to break before fixing it and I think there's no harm in switching it now figuring out that hey it turns out putting currently the best playmaker on your team with what you know could be the best goal scorer on your team together Oh, that Robertson yeah exactly I don't know I I think it's an interesting idea
1: you could argue as well that the the way John Tavares is scoring right now, aside from just like ha- having the puck more because he's playing with Mitch, he's not getting the same like Mitch finds you in the perfect spot for a one-timer type shot kind of goals, right? He's driving the net. He's playing from behind the net. He's, he's positioning himself, like using his body to get, get in front of the net and score these goals. So it's like, I'm on Ryan's team here, and you know what else? You know what else? Put Nicky Rob on the wing. Put him on that wing. Are you kidding me? Put him on that wing because Bunting is still—he's—he's he's Bunting.
0: I don't know. I, I've been starting to get a little colder on Nicky Robb. He's—he's not doing that much out there. He's not like pushing the play at all. It, it's been kind of disappointing. I think he's
1: over- overthinking it now. Like, are you buying into my theory? Yes. I think Jason
0: Robertson has stolen the talent of Nick Robertson.
1: Or it's not even that he stole the talent. It's that only one of them can do it at once. Right. You know it, what I mean? They right? draw like their power one... from
2: a, the central source.
0: And we have to bury Jason Robertson on Tuesday when we play him and put it put an end to it.
1: Oh, boy. Could be. Could be, man. Ryan, with the interesting takes this week. I throw them out at there. Look you. Listen,
0: we're doing a galley. You got to keep it spicy.
1: Oh my gosh, we I guess we got to keep it moving if we're on a galley. Oh, la. here, let me push delete. I'll I mean, it also Ryan. always
2: happens like, oh, do you have anything to talk about this week? Now nah, it'll be a short one. An hour later, when well, <laughs> it's like, well, there's never a shortage of things to talk about. It's the friggin' Toronto Maple
1: Leafs
0: here, this and whirlwind of things to talk about. Um, it's the
2: Toronto, it's it's this, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. We make things to talk about.
1: Any other big time takes from the two W's on the week you guys want to talk about? Or you want to maybe we'll hit the last few topics and then wrap this thing up? I don't know. I mean, to overall, go, Matt uh, Murray
0: has looked great. And Samsonov came back. He played a game this week, right? He played the Detroit game. Yep. Is that right? And Samsonov no,
1: played the, he the played San Jose the game. Oh,
0: okay. But he yeah, looked great. And, and that's really important. Like it was his first game back. He didn't look like he missed a beat. It looks like we have two legit goaltenders for the first time all season. And that's
1: phenomenal news.
2: For the first time in a, in a very long handle. time.
1: <laughs> A freaking tandem. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, it does feel like it's two guys that like neither. When's the last time either one of them put up a, just a total stinker performance. Well, it'd be the, that f- even the First
0: since, game for bat Murray. wasn't the first, great.
1: Yeah. The first game of the season. So like Tim's talking about goaltenders. He can count on, uh, I can count on each of these guys to bring it every single night. And, uh, I, I mean, don't want to see Shelly anymore. I yep. regret everything I said in the offseason. Propping <laughs> up Shelly. I, I don't want to see Shelly anymore. Thank you. I there mean,
2: you he he still he still shows flashes. and I think he's still young. He can do it. But like he's is not an NHL goaltender.
1: Name the goalie. That was our third stringer that played that game against Pittsburgh that he let six in. And now he makes vlogs. Hasmere
2: Kaskasuo. Good job Tim. To- KK. Leaf's least it's hung vlogs. out to dry. K yeah, K died, so Babcock could also die.
1: Uh, Ryan, he started making vlogs in the bubble. Um, well, let's get him on, on the pod. We got to get KK on the pod. Super interesting because you you didn't know anything about what was going on in the bubble, and then here's the Leafs' third string goalie, like you know, filming the hotel rooms and, and like. Oh, okay,
0: that's funny. I missed that. He,
1: he had a very short stint in the league after that, and then he was done. Uh, he's plays in somewhere else now. I was subscribed to him on YouTube, but I. I'm sorry, Cascasuo, I haven't been giving you the views. Um, Kaskisua, okay, can we if do you my. Listen
0: to the Leafs cast. Get on, we want you on the pod.
1: Follow us and we'll can... follow you back. Yeah. <laughs> can we do my list? All right. Can we do oh, my list?
0: list? What's the list?
1: Sometimes my brain gets rolling and uh, start thinking about weird stuff. This is an undisputed top three jersey numbers on the Maple Leafs. <laughs> All right. And undisputed, okay? What I say here is law, and if you have a problem with it, go ahead and make your own. Go to make your own undisputed. All right, right, we'll
2: do a pod you and I right after this where we just roast Steven Takes and Cuscus, who okay, will Okay, well
1: off? So the reason why this thought came up is cuz I was watching Michael Bunting play number 58 brutal number. Absolutely brutal Wait, number. Is this the
0: top 3 or the bottom 3?
1: No, 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 but I'm thinking of why why I was like why is he rocking 58? All right. Um you know, that's tough, man. That's tough. So, okay. Number three, David Camp, number 64. Okay. I love number 64. I have to assume the reason why he did it for the Nintendo 64, which is a goaded console. Um, 64 is always a desired number. I feel like any beer league or anything I'm around 64 is always taken. I also love the N64. So David Camp, number three, congratulations. Anyone got a problem with that?
2: I can't I think of a reason.
1: Two.
2: Sorry, go ahead. I can't think of a reason why I would like or dislike it. So I uh, don't know. I've I've wait for number two and number one for me to properly shoot down number three.
1: Okay, well we're getting into um, we're getting into some different reasons maybe why uh, outside of the number. Okay, um, number two, Victor Mete, number ninety eight. What? That's pretty hot. Number 98, one off of the great one. (laughs) I'm talking about Connor McDavid. Also, one off of the great one, the real great one, Wayne Gretzky. What on earth is Victor Mete doing sporting the number
0: 98? What? Yeah, I mean, at least confidence isn't an issue.
1: How old is Victor Mete? He was born in 1998. I had to look it up. That's why he's number 98. However, every, everybody makes that business decision. I mean, everybody in that year's draft, that would be the 2017 draft, had to make that business decision. Am I going to rock number 98, one shy of the great one? And they didn't. Victor Mete did. He's got some cojones. And that lands him at number two on the list.
2: I guess that makes sense. Nick, you, Nick Robertson should have been number one born in 2001. <laughs> All right, what, what's number one, Stephen? What is the top jersey number on the Maple Leafs?
1: The top jersey number on the Maple Leafs coincides with the top goal scorer on the Maple Leafs. William Nylander with number one. I have a couple of reasons for this, okay? First of all, he changed his number since joining the Maple Leafs. Um, I like that. That also takes Cajones. Number two, it's a nice jersey number to look at. You haven't even okay? said what his number is. <laughs> 88. 80, everybody who's listening to this podcast probably knows William Nylander's number, Ryan.
0: Just Give me say, a break. You're doing a, a top list of number the jersey numbers. You don't even say what it is.
1: Here's the deal. Number eight, 88 because it takes up the most space on the back of the jersey you can with number. It's a lot of real and estate. There is... There is no wasted space. Everything you see is number, and it just looks great on the back of a, a jersey. Um, I like the fact that it has it has league history, but not a lot of guys rock it. Um, him, Patty Kane are the only guys I can think of now, but it's-, uh, it's David
2: Pasternak.
1: That... Is he 88?
2: Absolutely. Does that taint well, your tried... opinion of it?
1: No, I try not to know any Boston Bruins. Uh, That's a good way of living. A...
0: That's quality of life.
1: I'm a Maple Leafs fan, Tim. So, mind your own business. Yeah, what are you uh, doing knowing that, up- Tim? Why do you,
2: that's? Why William N- Nylander got tired of his contract being compared to Pasternak, actually, so like, you know what? I'm just gonna make our numbers the exact same and prove it that I'm the better, the better number 88. And then Pasternak had a heart trophy caliber year, and you know they're working
1: on it. He has like 17 goals this it, year, so actually Willie's on his way to beating him. But um, it's what I do on the
2: pod round, I just know things well maybe next season.
1: week tim can come up with his top undisputed top five boston bruins favorite scumbags jersey number <laughs> give me a break nicknames what else do you know about them traitor
2: i know that. that's my
1: list undisputed
2: undisputed yeah. he says all right well
0: there's no need Let's- to discuss it any further because it is undisputed <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, uh, before we wrap up this galley, shout out to Brendan Gallagher, you piece of garbage. Um, <laughs> Jim, go ahead and feed feed us a couple of cat-friendly trade proposals before we wrap this baby All up. All right, this
2: this has been, pre- this has been pretty, pretty fun. So there's two pieces to this. There's one, like, who they think we're going to get, and one, what they think we're going to give up. And sometimes there's some golden trade proposals where both of them are just totally ridiculous, and we get to make fun of them. So thank you, Robbie88, for proposing 88. that. 88!
0: eighty-eight.
2: are going to trade a first round pick for Sean Monaghan, half retained the Montreal Canadians. Uh, For those that don't know, Sean Monaghan, former uh, high pedigree forward, wrecked his wrist, kind of had a fall from grace. Calgary paid Montreal a first round pick just to take him off their hands. And now he's having an average season. So they think he's worth, another first round pick to a division rival i what call you, ridiculous
0: so what do you think it would be tim if we got monahan half retained what would you pay to get that or would you not want it
2: uh good i suppose that's the real question like how much is an overpay i always just i just see like oh giving draft capital to montreal canadians i wonder yeah, i, I really wonder if something
0: that. like a second round pick for some like that like you don't know you you don't if you don't know what monahan could be like he's he's obviously doing better in Montreal change of scenery we need some scoring depth on the bottom half of our lineup if he could turn something around I I don't think that that's no value he'd be a more interesting target to me than someone who's just like a defensively responsible third line center or something like Like another yarn crook or something
1: I don't know really he has five
0: he
2: has five goals and 16 points so he's on pace for like 50 points like what is that third that's good that's fine. Yeah, that's like that's like a second, a third liner. That's what I'm
0: saying though. Like you're that you're paying a second round pick for a, a half retain for a third line. I guess the half oh, retained thing,
2: like yeah. retaining three and a half million dollars, is a pretty significant. But then again, it's like I don't know. I, it, uh, I was I don't think he fixes what we need.
1: Could you imagine? Uh, Say we give a second round pick for it. Montreal, our division rival, like getting a first and second round pick for a you know short term rental of Sean Monahan's, I guess, and they'd be paying half that salary. Yeah. Um, salary I don't know. I coming from someone who attempted to trade, was it Mitch Marner or something like that for him and Johnny Goudreau last season? Yep. Yeah, or two seasons ago or whatever. Um, that guy, I mean, Sean Monahan's fine. He's damaged goods now, though. I mean, he had the wrist surgery and like a double hip surgery. That puts you at darn near grandma status athletically. Um, no disrespect to our grandma, but um, so I, I don't know. I wouldn't, not a second, not, not a second for, for, for me. He's a local boy though. I, def- I, I, would I definitely
0: I- wouldn't go more than a second. I expect that when we're making our big, our big push and big trade of the deadline, it'll probably be defense that we put our, first round or our big draft capital into but if we had to make a secondary deal just to buff up the bottom half of our lineup i think that that's some of the it would
2: help no but you're looking at like he at half retain he's still making 3.8 million dollars yeah that and is how a many lot. years
1: is it for well hey that's the same that we oh yeah actually what David is the years we pay alex kerfoot that he doesn't do anything i was thinking so. that
0: this was the last year is it not yeah it is the last year oh yeah it is.
1: oh okay man calgary was that desperate it's he wasn't UFA. even in the lineup
2: when we, he was done there, I mean, like we looked, paid. A, were
1: scratching him.
2: Well, we paid a first get rid of Marlowe, and Marlowe is six million bucks. Yeah, for one year, yeah, or is it seven? I don't remember. It was, a lot. It was um, a lot. I think it was like high sixes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the six, next, seven, five. Six, seven, I five. Was it was. It uh, was big the Shot. Uh, next deal going down the list. I, ugh, I don't. I mean. I, this guy wants to trade Kerfoot and Ty Voigt for Connor Garland. Connor Garland is someone who's like William, Nie- I mean, William Nylander pedigree, but I think he's having a bit of a down year, but that's really by low. You might even wait. Have to- sorry,
1: Kerfoot, Ty Voigt for who?
2: Connor Garland from out of Vancouver.
1: Ty Voigt's like the top scorer in the OHL right now. Is he? He's- yeah, it's crazy. Um, okay. He's he's really on a heater right now. Um, I I don't know. You know something I want out of trades. Um, if we're actually bringing someone in, something that noticed this season, the Leafs aren't an unbelievably fast team. Yeah, that's true. They're like there's really aside from just being like not super slow, there's nobody like game breaking speed on the roster at all. Um, I would saying like Engvall is probably
0: our fastest guy. <laughs> and,
1: yeah. And he and doesn't do anything nah, with it, right? He doesn't, he doesn't do anything with it. I thought about that on the, the, I know he ended up scoring that night, but he had a couple dashes where he just kind of still gets, ends up getting caught from behind. Yeah. Um, or
0: he'll just like s- zoom out in there and then just like pivot as soon as he crosses the hash bars and waits for the rest of his team to arrive.
1: Yeah. Which is kind of what Cap and I, I was thinking well, but, the exact same thing. <laughs> but one out of every nine times he would cut in and uh, do something and that's that. We will not besmirch the name of Casperie Captain on this podcast any further. Just
2: Casperie, not. All right, two first for Tom Wilson. Yeah <laughs> or nay. Oh, yeah, out. Nope, that's it. We're, you're done, Tim. You're cut off. We're
0: not no, even talking about it. No, we're another not. Ontario we're not boy. talking about Tom Wilson coming to the Maple I will die. Tom Wilson
2: comes to me, please. It's not
1: happening. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I would agree. Well, I, two firsts. It's also a joke. <laughs> I, just, I I mean, I don't even think Do Washington would,
2: would trade him for that. Like they're they're still kind of going for it. that. Would be pretty big for them to. That would be them throwing in the towel. You wonder um, what Washington's right. doing?
0: They're they're like five points out behind Detroit right now for that second wild card spot. Then they play two more games, than they're like they're they're not that close. It wouldn't be if they go on a bit of a. Uh, a slide Bump. here over the next month, like they're going to find mean, themselves being sellers at the deadline.
2: I mean, they're three, five, and two in their last ten, so they've been kind of slumping. Anyway, yeah, but, um,
0: they're below Montreal.
2: A- That's enough to sell it to you. Um, do you guys want to hear the proposal for Klingberg, half retained, or Matt Dumba? Dumba, uh, more interesting. Uh, all right, so for Dumba, but also bringing in Marcus Felino. Um, I think he's getting old. We're gonna send a first rounder, a second rounder, Justin Hall, Alex Steves, Pierre Engvall, and Semyon SDA. So basically, it's your classic: take our spare parts and something shiny, and yep. give us what we want. Yeah. yeah What's how's really Minnesota fun. doing? They were they were oh they're in the playoff spot now. They kind of they they've won four in a row now. I think originally they were they were looking a little uh uh they were on a rough left. Patch for a That deal's day. not happening anytime soon. Can one
1: one more time?
2: For who the lease are giving up? Yeah. So Matt Dumba and Marcus Foligno. For Justin Hall, Alex Steves, Pierre Engvall, SDA our first rounder and our second rounder next year.
0: Like, why are you throwing in Whoa. Steve's and SDA? Like, those are just like, who are some prospects? Ah, we'll throw in these guys. <laughs>
1: a first and a second for Matt Dumba, who like has been literally, I remember 2013, literally, uh, I might be 2012 anyway, in trade rumors, like since day one, for some reason, the guys played like a bazillion NHL games. I like the fact that he's mean. I think the Maple Leafs could use that. Um, some of these proposals are
0: high. But like some what high you were value saying. Ones. What you were saying earlier, Steven, about like the Leafs not really being fast. Like, I'd say that especially for a defense. Like, I'd say Morgan Riley is probably our fastest defenseman, and he's like not that fast. Like,
2: he's more of a puck him. moving. Like, that's what his. Yeah.
0: So, like, I, if yeah. anything, if we're adding a defenseman, I kind of like to add a, some speed on our blue line here. That's definitely not Matt Dumba.
2: Yeah. I don't know. These, are, I'm not sure how much, how many you want to go through. There's not too many that are that's- like. I, I saw and said, oh, that's kind of interesting. They're all like, well, that's ridiculous. Oh, but it's either a player way too good for the Leafs. And so it was like, oh, that team's definitely saying no. Or like,
1: yeah. Let's let's talk about the realistic one that could go down sooner than later. Maybe not to the Leafs, but Brock Besser has become available out of uh, Vancouver. Well,
2: I don't know if he's still available, but like... Uh...
1: What you I wouldn't mean? say available.
2: The last I they heard, reported- it was like the,
0: the agent was saying, yeah, he's available. So I, oh, did the, the agent say another. that? I missed that. Yeah, that's they what called- I
1: called yeah, Tim, you've been too busy playing board games. They said, the you know, <laughs> give him permission and now start talking to yeah, our team. So exactly. they called Ryan. Uh, Ryan <laughs> r- routed MLSE phone num- phone to his house. That's right. And they right. Him to talk trade details. So got it. Got he's it. got the inside scoop. Um but that's, that's a realistic one that could go down. And it's kind of my favorite type of midseason trade where you're just buying goals. And I know he's kind of rough defensively, and I haven't watched every one of their games this year. Um, it's not like he has no points this season. I think he's got like 15 or 16 points and five or six goals on the season. So not great from a Brock Besser standpoint, but uh, the, the Vancouver Canucks are not great from a hockey team perspective. So uh, I guess it all adds up and um that's a trade that i like the opportunity a lot um no
2: nah, i don't know the thing about brock Besser, is two more years at 6.7 after this that's
0: i doubt i doubt vancouver's gonna retain any salary on that either for like, they're probably
2: not for looking
1: for a man anything. who's capable of scoring 40 goals in a season though what's the
2: most amount of goals that brock Besser's ever scored
1: 37
2: you are incorrect
1: He's th- yeah. company, though.
2: He scored 29 goals in 2017. No, no, and no. Since no. then, it's only it's only been going down. Steven right. said he's Stop. capable no. of 40. 29, score. 26, 16, 23, 23. Four no. You're making me look goals. bad on
1: the pod. I swear this guy has scored like 50 goals in a season. Yes, he did he's- in
2: 2014 in the OA in the USA under 18 league. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's what you're referring to, Steven.
2: All right, you're you're good. <laughs> that
1: oh, oh, we're talking about NHL. NHL, Sorry, not forgot. the
2: USHL.
1: <laughs> okay. Listen, man, they pay him that much. <laughs> okay. I mean I thought he was a lot better than he was in reality. Um, I don't know. Vancouver's I actually closer, closer
0: to a playoff spot than Washington is. I don't even know if they're gonna be selling. They're only
2: four points Vancouver out. Vancouver right never now. sells. <laughs> Why they're an issue. But Demko's out six weeks. That's going to hurt them.
0: Oh, is he really? I didn't see that.
2: Yeah, it's a long time. All
0: right. For
2: the the sake of the galley, let's call it.
0: All All right. right.
1: What are we playing this week? Let's end on Steven having no idea how many goals Brock Besser has scored in the season. This week we played Dallas,
0: uh, Los Angeles, and Calgary.
2: Oh, we have another late games this week or, is a, or are they uh, Dallas
0: is a little bit later but no 1030 starts.
2: right the West place. teams are coming to us
0: yeah
1: I could get to Dallas by Tuesday all right start driving maybe I should go go visit that Jackie fun
2: go see the Robertson brothers and like ask them about your
1: theory <laughs> If I meet Nick Robertson, I'm gonna talk to him a lot more about of other things than that. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, Jason Robertson's got me concerned about Team USA uh, being able to kick the crap out of Team Canada at the Olympics if he keeps being an MVP.
0: I heard they were talking about the World Cup again, where that's gonna be hosted. We'll see.
1: They, well, they were talking about it for like
2: not this February, the, the next February after that, and then they said like, "Yeah, that's not happening. We'll let you know."
1: It's a galley. Yeah. Fifty-one. It's over. Shut up. It's it's done. Anybody want to say anything else? No
2: more overtime. I think this is uh, this one's an egg ball.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. Not quite. Brock Besser scored sixty goals in 2014. Tim's an idiot.